What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It's been a while. Uh, Tom, it is good to talk to you, sir. How you doing? How you been, man? Doing all right, man. Very busy recently, but uh, I'm doing okay. How about you? How you holding up? Starting to get a little colder. Yeah, man. Uh, starting to feel like fall out there up here in uh, the Northeast. Everything's good, though, bro. Uh, it's been sports overload, and it's like you went from zero to 60 real fast from having nothing, and we were clinging to the Jordan documentary like it was real time. We were watching old games, and now it's just like there's there's not enough time in the day to get everything in. It's great. It's a yeah. good problem to have. Throwback to the times where me and you were reviewing March Madness games and stuff from before we were born. Dude, it's crazy. I know. It really is crazy. Uh, it's great to have all this stuff in real time. Um, and we might as well start with, I think, what could be, you know, we talked about watching. I think, I think our history has been, uh, we've gotten a good history lesson over the last couple months. We'll put it that way. And I really don't know if I can recall a bigger choke job in NBA playoff history than what happened to the LA Clippers. No, man. I mean, we picked them to win. I had a little money riding on them to win. Not much, but of course, I think that's my fault. I guess I put the fucking hex on them for them to be the all-time choke (laughs) artist. Blown a 3-1 lead. Blown into a team that I think they're much better than. But you know what? This team never really got going, in my opinion. First of all, I don't know, how many games did they even play together as a unit before the postseason? Maybe five, if that? It, it, was, it wasn't a lot. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know where the nickname Playoff P came from, but... Him. He, he self-proclaimed himself. That's, that's bad, bro, because he, again, when the lights shine the brightest, him and, him and James Harden should really, you know, go to see a therapist or something because when the lights shine the brightest, they both just shrivel. Well, I'm going to give Harden a lot more credit than him, and you know I'm not the biggest Harden guy, but, you know, Harden, I think a lot of what it attributes to his... Well, Harden's also, I mean, you can give Harden more credit, but, I mean, we're talking about levels here. Harden's supposed to be this superstar player. Paul George is second fiddle. I think Paul George shrinks as a second fiddle, and Harden sinks as, as a number one player, and I'm glad you well, mentioned it. And I think if Harden retired today, he may... I know he went to the finals on the Oklahoma City Thunder as a six-man, but he may have the most disappointing career of all time right now. Well, that's where I was going to go with it, because the thing about Harden, and I'm not, like I said, his biggest fan, and when we talked about Dame about a month ago, you know, Harden is tough, because his style of play is designed to win you a lot of regular season games, but he goes all out, and I think just by the time he gets to the playoffs and further on in the playoffs, he just doesn't have anything left in the tank. And it's not like he's had the world's best supporting cast either. Um, at least that Rockets team with him is always a top four seed. I understand. And seemingly getting to the last round. But I understand he doesn't have a lot left in the tank, but like he's supposed to be one of the best players in the league. you got to figure that out at some point. I'm right? with you, man. I'm, absolutely. I'm with you on that totally, and, and I don't see it changing at any point. But the thing with Paul George is, you can't even do this as a second and That's a problem. And this is why I, I've never tried to go overboard with certain players because I kind of know what they are. I mean, Paul George, to me, his claim to fame was going toe-to-toe seven or eight years ago against LeBron James in the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the most impressive thing he's ever done in his Absolutely. career. 
Yeah, I think honestly, you know, I hate to say it, but if you were to comp him, I guess maybe maybe a, a very rich man's Tobias Harris right now. Yeah, I mean, he's a max player. We know that, but it, it, you're talking about the pantheon of players and the way we have to view them. I mean, I guarantee you Kawhi was thinking, really, dude? Remember, Paul was on the Thunder team last year that lost in the first round. I think they got swept. I mean, that's really pathetic. And I know Westbrook has his issues, but you can't even win a game in the playoffs. He really has never done anything in the Eastern Conference Final. So, you know, just looking at his at his body of work, I mean, I know Or lack thereof, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kawhi picked him, right? And he found his way out of OKC, and it took a King's Ransom to get him. And I bet you right now Kawhi's thinking, man, I hitched my wagon to the wrong right now. He said this is now his second opportunity to be a number two, and you could say that about Westbrook. I mean, I don't really think Westbrook was the one, but hey, that was the situation they were in. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a two now, and uh, I mean, this was an all-time in this postseason where he was completely MIA. And I can't geek out over him putting up 30 or whatever, because his talent level should show he should do that almost every single night, and he doesn't. Yeah, geek out. Whatever the opposite of geek out is, I think, is what we should be doing for Paul George. We should fucking expect that from him. And I think this is on – I mean, I hate to blame – I don't want to blame Kawhi because I think he was gassed and he was trying to do everything. And I blame everybody but Kawhi, to be honest, including Doc Rivers. I think I blame the entire system and situation that this also, team that team, Also, that team was carrying themselves like they were champs and they could turn it on and off from the jump. And the only person on that team that was a champ was Kawhi Leonard. They were acting like they won something. Pat Beverly and Markeith Morris or Marky one of the, one of the fucking Morris brothers. Marcus, yeah. Whatever. One of them. They both They're don't have rings. Boy with the Knicks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they were all walking around like they won last year where it's like, Bro, that's like if your if your varsity team wins the the championship the year before, but you are on JV. It's like sick. You were in a part of it, dude. Kawhi won the championship last year. None of you fucking ass clowns did. No, none of them did. Didn't even win it there. So I mean, I, to your point, the whole team carried itself but all they year. Came like they came cocky, like even that. even them going at like Dame. Like earlier, Cancun on five, and Paul George talking that shit. Like, guess who didn't talk shit? The one guy on your team that has every right to talk shit. And obviously, he never will. But, yeah, that's not his. I mean, even even so, anybody else, I don't know if they would have talked shit either. Like LeBron probably wouldn't have even humored that either. Like, you guys are like you guys are talking shit. Come on, playoff P, playoff PP. Yeah. And I think also Doc Doc has to have a lot here because I know the guy's a championship coach, but he's orchestrated quite a few choke jobs himself. Yeah, I think this is the third time he's blown a three-one series lead. I mean, that's that's inexcusable, per, especially because those teams have been really good. And it's not just the way that they blew the three-one lead, man. It's the fact that they had almost twenty-point leads in games five and six. I mean, game five. I, or game six, rather, I didn't even watch because it was one o'clock matching up with the football games. And I was just like, I'm not even gonna bother. They're up 17 at the half. This is over. Same. And then, and then, and then before you back. know it, you turn around and we got a game seven. I think that once Denver won game six, you know, all of the all of the it, it made sense to just keep going chalk, right? Like 
you want to think there's no way the Clippers are going to lose this game. But really, they, they were so tight. It came out very early that they didn't feel very confident. And the Nuggets were playing with house money, and they showed that. Jokic had 16-22 and, uh, and 13. You know, Murray had another 40-point game. And obviously, we talked about the ineptitude of, of the two stars in L.A. Murray's think, the real deal, bro. He certainly is showing that, man. He certainly is showing that. Every year, we wait for him to take a jump. And uh, is this the year, finally, where, you know, I don't expect him to average 40-50, clearly. You know, he's not he's not Michael Jordan. He's not James Harden. But, you know, this guy to really take over as this team's second star and possibly their primary scorer? Well, it certainly shows that way, and and. It, and Jokic had a hell of a series, which shows, again, problem with this Clipper team is remember during during the trade deadline period, which seems like five years ago, mm-hmm. they were talking about getting another big because their big dilemma, pun intended, was dealing with Anthony Davis in an obviously inevitable Western Conference final. And they but ended who, up getting was, Marcus Morris instead. Who was out there? I mean, not to defend the Clippers, but like, who who was out there? Do you think as a big? Just refresh my memory, to be honest. I mean, it was like Clint fucking Capella, twenty years ago. Think Capella would have been nice. I actually was going to mention him too if they could have taken him from Atlanta, or yeah, even from I mean, the or even, even from or even Houston, Houston before yeah. yeah before the Atlanta got him. I mean. There's guys like that available, and you can, Zubac is not a good enough player. And I'm not even saying somebody – Zubac would, isn't a defensive player. He's, he's an offensive low post guy. He's not a shot blocker. He's not He's not a guy that can defend three through five. No, absolutely absolutely not. And, and it turns out that the biggest nightmare matchup they had was not AD. It was with Jokic, and he just toyed with them this entire series. They had no answer for him. And, you know, Marcus Morris has this fake tough guy attitude. We all kind of knew that. You know, he'll pick a fight when it's they're a losing. a tough guy 20. up 20. Yeah, exactly. And and that's not what they needed him so for. So one thing Why I will say about that? Pat Bev, he'll fucking fight you any time, any day of the week. He will. Uh, and I don't know what more you can really do with Doc because, you know, when you're a superstar-driven team, it's a player's league, right? I mean, if you lose, it's because your players suck, and if you win, it's because you have great players. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Doc is the ultimate players coach. But I will say this about Doc: I, I like him. I like really, I really like what he's doing, kind of leading the uh, the social justice movement and everything off the court. But I think that 2008 uh, championship kind of props him up as a coach. Oh, it totally does. No doubt about it. I hate to say it, but. I mean, aside from that one season, and then well, there's a few more because he did, he did go back to the finals. What once more with the uh, with the Celtics when yeah, two years they, after they won, yeah, they played. They went seven with the Lakers, and he had those battles with LeBron on Cleveland as well as um, as well as when he was in Miami, right? But I mean, going back to when he coached Orlando before that, and then post Celtics, looking at the Clippers. All the way through. I mean, he he's been nothing but a choke artist in the playoffs. Yeah, the one tough part with that though is when you're analyzing the teams he's coached. I mean, that team with Pierce, Garnett, and Allen. I mean, those were leaders. Those were dogs. Those were guys that were going to win you games, and because of the grit that they had in addition to their talent, you had Chris Paul leading you and Blake Griffin leading you in the, his first iteration of the Clippers. Those are not winning players. And now you've got Kawhi, who obviously unquestionably is, but Paul George clearly isn't. 
and just the way that the team was constructed all year, taking games off, not really caring about the regular season, showing up in the bubble, losing a game to the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, that winning teams don't do that. And I think, you know, looking back, I should have been more understanding of that because the only player I know who's taken as much time off as he has with, with a team and has still found a way to win is LeBron. And Kawhi. Yeah, but, you know, that, like I said, that, that uh, Toronto team last year, I mean, the nucleus was there to be a good regular season team. They needed the X Factor to push them on over the edge, and Kawhi was that way. Mm-hmm. LeBron, LeBron can take off regular season games with, whatever, with whomever he's playing with and be fine because it's LeBron. Kawhi's never really done that before with it being his team. And now there's going to probably have to be a whole other conversation of how do teams with superstars and a lot of new players and faces handle a regular season because clearly the dysfunction was there all year uh, with the Clips. All right, before we move on to the Eastern Conference, um, looking at some of the contenders for next year, I say Clippers don't have a choice. They're going to run it back because those two guys are on one-year deals. And I think that the Houston Rockets run it back because they don't have a choice because, I mean, I know there's no untradeable contracts in the NBA, but that Russell Westbrook contract is is the closest thing to it, right? Yeah, it is. Um, and obviously you're going to have the Lakers there too. And Den- But Denver now. I was I just mean, talking about teams. I was just talking about teams so far that were eliminated and, and what we oh, think okay. they're going to do in the offseason. Like I think uh, – Portland, maybe they they go out and get another piece if they can, another wing um, scorer and defender. I think they could really use that. Um, I think for Dallas, what do you think Dallas should do? I feel like that's an interesting question. I think Dallas is in a really good spot. I think they just need their younger players to get a little bit older and more wise, and they really need Porzingis to stay healthy. I think they need one more guy. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have to be a superstar, but I'm watching a guy like uh, a Jerry and Grant, right? Yep. Uh, on Denver. Or um, a Gary Trent Jr. Uh, on Portland, a 3-and-D type guy. And Hardaway's a fucking turnstile, right? Oh, yeah. And you know what he is, too, as a player from his days with the Knicks. He's going to score you a lot of points, but a lot of them are hollow, and he plays absolutely no defense. Exactly. Like and, and you really need a guy, because who's Luka guarding? I think Luka's probably guarding the three. Sometimes the point guard, you need a guy who can step up against the other team's best player, guard him, and still be able to, He doesn't need to create. Clearly, he doesn't need to create, because you have... Uh, more than enough creation, I guess you could say, with Luka. You need a guy that can knock down a three. So I think they go out and get a really good three and D guy. Although Paul George would be interesting to Dallas. Paul George, I was just going to ask you, does he does he live this down with the Clippers? The Clippers have no first-round picks to like 2030. So yeah, I mean, I don't think they really have a choice. I think they're going to run it back. I, I don't know if they're going to – maybe they're going to try and do something that Golden State did where they try and sell – you know, they try and get maybe a Paul Millsap if his contract is up or something like that that's ring chasing. But then again, like the Warriors, when they got dudes that were ring chasing, already won a title, right? You right. know, Like I, I don't want to say the Warriors were a sure thing to win another one for guys like, you know, a David West or, um, you know, Even maybe – Iguodala when they brought him in. Well, Iguodala was well before they won the title. 
Yeah, not too much before, though. He, I think 2015. And I wouldn't say Iguodala was ring chasing. I would say he was an integral part of the team. I would say a guy like David West, who was a former all-star that can help them off the bench, just straight up wanted to win a championship. If you don't remember, he had gone to the Spurs before that. Um, I'm just trying to think of guys that, you know, the Clippers, they're... But you're going to have to find somebody who... capped out, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, are, are there going to be guys that want to go to that team and quote-unquote ring chase where after seeing what they did just now? like that's, Well, you're, gonna, you're also going to have to have somebody come in who plays more of a role because even though David West did ring chase and he got his ring, he really didn't play much of a role at all on that team. No. So you're going to need to get somebody who's going to actually play an integral role, kind of like an Iguodala type. I think a Jay Crowder makes a lot of sense. We see what he's been doing in Miami ever since he got traded over by Memphis. There's a couple of guys out there. I'm just interested to see if, if Kawhi goes into Doc Rivers' office or Steve Ballmer's and says, you know, I was really wrong, and I'm, and I'm sorry. We got to get this guy out. And try to just get picks back or some kind of some kind of asset return because they have nothing. If they run it back, they have one year left. There's to do no it. shot they That's do it for picks. Paul George is not going to want. Excuse me, Kawhi Leonard is not going to be want to be part. Not going to want to be part of a rebuild. I think the only way they do that is if they can get comparable value of a superstar, and I don't think that's possible with Paul it's George. Not. He's got quite a stain on him, bro. It is. Well, I, I don't think that his trade value has ever been lower. No. And this is this is I think teams would would happily sign up, especially the teams kind of in that purgatory area. Mm-hmm. You know, they would happily sign up to bring in Paul George. But hey, I would I take him know. on the Knicks. Sure. And speaking of the Knicks, um, Steve Cohen, I, you, I know you're a 14 billion dollar man. Are you interested in buying a basketball team as well? <laughs> the the most important thing is Mr. James Dolan is not interested in selling a basketball team. So you're yeah, he there. said it'd have to be for like six bill. Yeah. $3 billion over their valuation, or four maybe. I bet you even if he got that offer, he still wouldn't do it because it's, you know, it's fucking Dolan. But, yeah, man, <laughs> I mean, there's these Clippers are in a, it's a lot of trouble. Uh, I was shocked by how this series turned out. I really wanted and was expecting that Clipper-Lakers showdown, as you were too. But it, it, we should know this going forward. I think we have to be smarter when we see a team just be as dysfunctional and so non-cohesive as they were this year regardless of all the pausing and whatnot and the pandemic and playing in a bubble, these were real problems that probably were going to manifest even if this was a normal season. And uh, it'll be interesting, again, to see how teams in similar situations handle it going forward. Yeah, man, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Interesting to see the young guys taking off. Jokic is only 24. Murray is only 22. On the other side, you got Tatum. He's 12, according to all the reporters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's actually got his, of all time. Yeah, his his he's only a few years older than his fucking son that I have to see on every broadcast, and apparently his name is Deuce. Um, Shocking. But yeah, Tatum's what twenty one. Jalen Brown's twenty two. I mean, the young guys are really shining. And then you got the old wily vet, obviously LeBron. Right, and you even saw some young guys that knocked out. I mean, obviously Luca had his coming out party in the bubble. Uh, it's. There's a lot of them. One other team that we didn't mention before, man, Utah. I'm interested to see what happens there with the Gobert and Mitchell situation. Another team we didn't mention is our number one seed. I mean, Toronto, as a two seed, they put up a fight. They were an honorable defending champion. They did everything they could. I think they got beat by the better team, right? But Milwaukee? What the – I mean, 
Milwaukee should be thanking God that the Clippers just lost and choked away this series, but they got their asses kicked. So glad you brought that up because I was just going to ask you and pose the question: whose whose choke job is worse, the Clippers or the Bucks? I think the I think the Clippers. I, I think the Clippers were built to win now, just given what they gave up to get these two guys in, into their into their jersey. And, and I think the Bucks still have, believe it or not, more time and more flexibility to go out and get guys. Um, I think the Clippers are more disappointing because they they were the definition, dictionary definition of a win now team. Yeah, and you had already the number one superstar there who's who's done it twice. Milwaukee doesn't have that. Although I was very disappointed. Oh, absolutely. You know, with Giannis's performance, bigger disappointment. Really Clippers still a major disappointment. The the Bucks. Totally, and I did not like Giannis's demeanor and his. And I know he was playing hurt. A little bit there with the ankle, but I didn't like his demeanor. I didn't really like how he carried himself as they were getting their asses kicked by one of my favorite players in the NBA, Jimmy Butler, who you talk about a winning player. He does everything, and we'll talk about them a little bit more. I can't wait for that. With game one, but yeah, I mean, it was it, it was a really lackluster performance, and I know that they have their problems in Milwaukee, but... Giannis, you're a two-time MVP now. I think he, he's going to win it again. Mm-hmm. And you are uh, the number one seed in the East. Uh, you got to do better than that. I'm not even necessarily saying that Miami sucks or that you should have beaten Miami handily, but to go out in five is really weak. Couldn't agree with you more, man. I think, um, I think the bubble was probably the worst thing for the Milwaukee Bucks over any other team. They just looked like an absolutely different team with that layoff. They were really clicking on all cylinders, and then you hit that hiatus. The other thing is, uh, last thing on the Clippers, they quit in that game, straight up. I've never seen totally. a team quit like that on a series in a Game 7. I don't want to say the Bucks quit necessarily, but they would give up on a lot of plays because Giannis – the Heat defended him perfectly, and they didn't really have any other answers. Yeah, and this is something that we're going to have to look to see the evolution of a Giannis game, or they're going to have to bring in somebody who's a little bit more reliable, because honestly, Middleton had a good series. But Giannis is very similar to Ben Simmons, right? I mean, we talk mm-hmm. about how his shooting's gotten better, but he's still not somebody who... The only difference between Giannis and Ben Simmons is that Ben Simmons refuses to take that three. Giannis will, even if he misses, Giannis will take that three if you give it to him. Sure, but the teams will be happy to give it to him, and he's not nearly as efficient shooting that ball yet. And when you see them get down and he's just driving the lane and driving the lane and getting hit, teams are happy to say, okay, well, Giannis, you know, you, you wanna, you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us shooting. And he still isn't there yet, and until he gets there, if he gets there, this might be something that happens because remember, after they took a 2-0 lead in the East Final last year against Toronto, he was completely neutralized because the Raptors were encouraging. We are not going to let you drive and do your well, locomotive move. You're going to have to shoot. That's the thing, right? I mean, he's a number one seed in the East. They're a jug- they look like a juggernaut, but then you start to play a team. They're they're not a deep team, number one, and they're not a versatile team, number, number two. When you start to play these teams – Seven times in a row, if the game, if the series even goes that way, they're not going to be stifled by this crazy freak athlete anymore. They're going to figure out a way to stop what he's doing, and then your next move has to be a way to figure out how to beat them a different way. And 
the last two years, the Bucks, Coach Bud and Giannis have not figured out how to do that. They just kept they instead of trying to open the door by using the handle and changing up the plays, they just kept trying to run through it, right? That's exactly it. And they're gonna have to do something this offseason to convince Giannis. They need to a stay. creator. They need a they need another creator and I don't know. I don't think Middleton is – He's in. he fades in and out of games, and I just don't think he's good enough. I don't think he has the balls, honestly. He's a good, no. he's a good third player on a, on a championship team, maybe a fourth, probably an overqualified fourth, perfectly qualified third. I, I don't know who they get, but that's what they need. Would you rather have Middleton or Paul George as your number two right now? Fuck, man. I'd rather have Paul George. I just think he's a different level of player. Um, and I think they both have the same problems of fading fading away when the lights are brightest. So if you're going to give me the same the same mentality, I'm going to take the better player. But it's close. I what know. about you? I, yeah, I'm right there with you. And I honestly thought Middleton had an okay postseason. I thought his series against Miami was okay. But you but know again, what? It's Hollow points, bro. You yeah. said it earlier with Tim Hardaway Jr. And not that I'm comping the two, but the points were hollow. Like you, sometimes you know this. You can't. You got to watch the fucking games. You can't just look at the box score. No, you can't. And and the other thing too is talking about a creator. Bledsoe's clearly not that guy. They hitched their wagon to him. I and now what a terrible hearing, contract. Totally terrible. And again, you should realize no matter what he does and how good he's playing, he is still Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Giannis had a meeting with the owner of the Bucks for about three hours the other day to talk about everything and what the direction of the team three is looking Three hours, at. huh? Yeah, man. There's a lot to hash out. And apparently uh, the owner committed to making wholesale roster changes if need be and going and paying uh, the luxury tax uh to make more moves and bring guys in, which signals to me, Chris Paul could be a very enticing option there. He could do seeing what he did in OKC this year, man, putting him with Giannis and, and Middleton would be really, I think an ideal situation for that Milwaukee team to maybe take that next leap. I couldn't think of a better player, not in the playoffs. Cause we know Chris Paul's resume is kind of poo poo in the playoffs as well, but I couldn't think of a better player to plug into that Miami series where you got Giannis doing the same exact thing every single time, but then you have a floor general like Chris Paul to pull it back, put people in the right position to succeed at what they're best at, and run the floor, right? I mean, like, he would be the guy that would would say, like, this shit isn't working, let's try something else. That's totally my thought, and if they are committed like they say they are now, to paying that extra level of tax to, to bring in better, more expensive players. I don't think it's going to take a King's ransom to get Chris Paul, no matter how well he played this year for the Thunder, because now with Billy Donovan out, you know, they're going to try to go younger. I don't know what the market is and what kind of teams are going to be trying to absorb that salary that he has for, I believe, another two more seasons. But if you're a win-now team and you're trying to convince Giannis to stay in Milwaukee, what better way than saying, yep, we're going to show up Shell out the money for Chris Paul. Listen, man, I think he'd be the perfect guy. I hope it doesn't happen. I really want to see him on the Knicks, but that's uh, that's enough Knicks talk for me. Before we move on from Milwaukee, it's been a while since we did a pod. I've been a busy boy, Sean. 
But with that being said, we did not speak about the postponement of games. We shot out a tweet from Sorry Sports saying that we stood with and we appreciated. I don't remember exactly what I wrote, but uh, good job by the NBA and good job by initially the Milwaukee Bucks and then the rest of the NBA to uh, bring light to what was the gentleman's name that was shot seven times by the police? Blake. Blake. Um and you know what sucks, Jacob Blake? And you know what sucks the most about it is this was what they were afraid of in when they were about to start this endeavor, right? So Jacob Blake obviously comes a couple months after George Floyd, mm-hmm. and Kyrie Irving led that coalition of players in the meeting to say, hey, maybe we don't go down and play because it's going to take the attention away from what we're trying to do in our communities. Eventually the players decided that they wanted to use their platform uh, down in the bubble, having all eyes on them to talk about social injustice and raise awareness and encourage voting and all that good stuff. And then this happens again while they're down there. And for them to boycott, starting with the Bucks, because obviously it happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, Stones throw away from Milwaukee. Perfect the that the Bucks them, were the first game to play, too. Couldn't have, yeah. couldn't have drew it up. I mean, not that you want somebody to, to, for that to happen, but the following events, you couldn't have drew it up better. Totally, and then uh, you saw all the MLB games, you know, starting to take shape and, and, and have them boycotted as well. And it was a really beautiful demonstration by the NBA as a whole, by sports as a whole, to really get the moment and say, yes, we are here for your entertainment. Yes, we are athletes who make millions upon millions of dollars, but we're human beings, and we really are sick and tired of this. I mean, J.J. Reddick talked about it on his podcast Aaron Boone broke down crying about it. He has two adopted African-American sons. This is hitting everybody really hard. I mean, we did that long podcast about it right after George Floyd's murder because that's what it was. Obviously, Jacob Blake now paralyzed and having that happen in front of his kids. I, I just don't know what – I don't know what we do. I don't know what the right call is, man. Like, to play, to not to play. Are people actually listening? We saw it in the NFL, which I'm sure we'll get to when we talk NFL. I hope that it's not just a part that fans are looking at and saying, all right, just waiting for them to stop now so we can move on. Like, remember why this is happening. Remember why games were postponed so you couldn't go back to your cozy house and watch them play. You know? Anyway, you know when we should remember? What? In November. Go on and vote. right. We're two months out, man. Actually, less than that now. Crazy to believe that, right? Yeah, less Your than boy's two months. has got a birthday sir. coming up. Yeah, buddy. I'm 26. I'm an old fucking man. I want to fucking I don't want to hear it. I don't <laughs> want to hear it. I'm going to be 29 in October. So. Oof. Woof. Yeah, yeah. Man, we're, we're going to have to do something big for the old you, you've got a, you've still You've still got a little fountain of youth in your in your hands. I'm, I'm one year away from 30, and that's horrifying. It doesn't feel that way, my friend. does not feel that way. Um, yeah. Just wanted to say that. Good job by everybody there. Um Let's talk about the Lakers. We really need to talk about them. They've played nobody so far. They've played nobody, but you know what? They've played unbelievably well. And mm-hmm. LeBron's been a driver. Rondo's Ron- crazy. Rondo was looking like Clay Thompson in game five of, of their series. So, yeah, I don't think we have to talk Rondo about Rondo always them. claimed he could shoot. He just was like, I never needed to. So maybe, maybe it's true. Well, we don't. We know Jr. is a head case. So any, I mean, Rondo is too to his own degree. But Rondo's a LeBron fucking just loon. needs somebody. LeBron just needs somebody he can count on 
Um, I'm interested to see the series, but so far, obviously, the Lakers, they've won uh, eight games in t- out of their ten, so they're, they're rocking and rolling. Finally, let's talk about the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. I am the world's biggest Heat fan right now. I've basically, since they went up 1-0 on the Bucks, planted my flag with the Heat, I am rooting for Jimmy Buckets to get a ring and get himself over the pump and put himself in a different class of players. And I don't give a fuck that it happened with this bubble pandemic. All the best players were down there. I think he deserves all the credit in the world if he wins it, and I really hope he does. I do, too. I echo everything you just said. You know what, too, is I really I hate Great Boston game sports. last night, by the way. Fantastic game. I hate Boston sports. I wish for them nothing but the worst. But honestly, this Celtic team is about as likable as any Celtic team you can have. But you can't Butler, hate this team because they got your guy on it, bro. Well, not only that, but like, is Tatum a hateable player? Is Brown a hateable player? No, like, absolutely not. No. But this Heat team is fun as hell, and Jimmy Butler is finally showing to everybody why he was the most, the really the most winning player on every team he's been on. And why he got so frustrated by other teams and with players who didn't give a shit enough about winning. And now he's molded, we've talked about this, molded this group of young players, young, good, dynamic players like Bam Adebayo, Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, into his attitude. And it's manifesting in an incredible run. And they are about as gritty and tough defensively down the stretch as any team in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, they can shoot it. A lot of guys that can create. Tyler Hero's got balls like you don't believe, especially on a guy who's fucking like 18 years old. Duncan Robinson can shoot the lights out. He didn't really play in crunch time yesterday. Scratching my head at that, but clearly it worked for them. And then Bam with that block last night. Bam must stand for a fucking badass motherfucker. One of the best blocks of Ever. all time. I'm honestly putting that right up there with the LeBron block on Aggie. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. The LeBron block on – I mean, LeBron's got two iconic block cause, blocks because I don't know if you remember his block on uh, Tiago Splitter oh, back in the right days. Oh, finals, yep. Yep, so he's got two big finals blocks. That one's right up there as well. And then, the, obviously, the Kawhi middle finger block this year, um, which doesn't hold as much because they lost, but – I mean, this team, I'm, I'm in love with it. This is my kind of team. When I, when I am washed in a few years, my birthday's coming up, so another 10 years when I'm a washed high school basketball coach, this is going to be the kind of team I want. Awesome. I cannot wait for your team. I, there better be, like, cameras following you all around. <laughs> It'll be interesting. <laughs> I'm watching that shit. Uh, it's going to be, like, Hard Knocks High School Edition for you. Um yeah, man, this is a great series because these are two really fun teams to watch and root for. But the one thing I'm just going to say, I, I, I know that I love him, and I know that he's brought me a lot of joy in my life. But Kemba Walker has been MIA in the last couple games, especially down the stretch. And I think it's because I mean, he, he, hit a couple, he hit a couple of his classic crossover step-backs yesterday. He had like... Two or three of them, but uh, we need more out of him. And there was a couple threes that he passed up that had me scratching my head. You know, the tough part about Kemba is he is so tiny and he is so overmatched physically that even when he gets the separation and he makes his shots and he creates his shots, I I don't really think he's a catch-and-shoot three-point guy. He's a creator. 
But when he's not being his dynamic self, he's a complete liability on the floor. Yeah, they, I mean, it's not like he brings good defense to the table. Like, at least you can say with Marcus Smart, for example, even if he's having a classic Marcus Smart game where he's airballing threes left and right, he's first-team all-defense. At least you can say that. Oh, totally. Yep, and he makes so many winning plays. And not that Kemba doesn't, but remember, too, is this is the first time really since UConn that Kemba's been on a team fighting for a championship. And... It, it takes another level to get there, and I certainly think he's up for it mentally and emotionally, but I think the problem sometimes is physically uh, teams take him out of games. Larger guards go at him, and uh, he gets roughed up a lot, and he has a trouble getting those shots that he usually can get at other points in the season. Yes. All right, Sean. Uh, we've talked about pretty much all four teams remaining in the playoffs. Make some picks. Who's moving on to the finals? Wow. Uh, I'm going to say that the Celtics will win this series in seven. Okay. And I'm going to say that the Lakers beat the Nuggets in six, but that is only because of how rested the Lakers are. Um, I think this Denver team is going to push them to the limit, though. Uh, how about you? I'm in agreement with you. I got Lakers in six, and I have Miami in six. Okay, cool. Well, that would be a really fun series. I think the, the Celtics had to win that game, and I think it's – and not to say it's going to be demoralizing on Tatum, but I think he really needed to hit that game winner just as, to get him to that next level. You know what's pretty crazy is Miami has not been tested at all in this postseason. So, you know, they sweep Indiana. They win in five against Milwaukee. But I think a game last night, I think a game last night really shows what kind of balls they have. I mean, Jimmy Butler hitting that step back basically to send it to OT and then, bam, swatting away the game, what, tying or winning basket? Game tying, yeah. So, I mean, I agree with you. They haven't been tested in the sense that they haven't gotten into a deep series. But, I mean, they beat the number one seed handily. And then they mm-hmm. went out there today and just straight took care of business in a game that they really shouldn't have won. They shouldn't have won it. But, again, you know, if I'm going to use the rest kind of uh, idea for why, the, for why the Lakers are going to win, I kind of have that same, I would think, for the Heat. The only thing is I've seen Boston do this so many times. And it just takes two or three good games from Tatum and, and Brown. And, you know, the Celtics are in the driver's seat again. But I think this is going to be And Hayward may be back this series, too. I don't know what type of impact he makes, but if you can get uh, certain players off the floor for even 20 minutes, um, some of their back-end guys, then I think it'll help. Yeah, it's going to be a very entertaining series regardless, and I I can't wait to see what ends up happening. I'm kind of hoping for a Lakers-Celtics final. I just want the Heat to win, man. They're your boys. They are. Although Lakers Celtics obviously would uh, would be the money maker, even though it's still um, in the bubble. All right, let's move on to some MLB, right? Quick MLB. Uh, Yankees it's been a roller coaster. Are ice cold. Yeah, that's that's the way I was gonna say it. Ice cold and then hot playoffs. We have an official bubble. Uh, the only team that I think really went for it during the MLB trade deadline would be the San Diego Padres. Yeah, bringing in Clevenger to up that rotation, right? Well, that, I mean, that, was one of like eight, that was like one of eight moves they made. 
That was yeah. the biggest, obviously. Trevor Rosenthal coming over to fortify a bullpen. Um, obviously, they brought in uh, Austin Nova to catch. Um, and I think there's something like 8-0 with him behind the plate now. Nice. Uh, they're, they're a really fun, damn good team. And just we're looking at the model from the NBA and the NHL and the bubbles. You know, the Padres are the kind of team, especially only having a 60-game season, they're still going to be fresh. Young and, and fun, baby. Havoc. Mm-hmm. And they're fucking grand slams left and right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I feel like that was the last time we spoke on this pod was we were talking about, uh, what's his name, Tatis going, swinging, having the green light on 3-0 up 10 on a grand slam or whatever. No, no green saying. light. He gave himself the green light. But no, yeah. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. And Grisham pimped one off of uh, Kershaw the other night, and Dave Roberts took exceptions. Shut up. Shut up. All these managers, shut up and understand what's fun and what, and make your pitchers throw better pitches. It's, let's it's, go, let's, it's Kershaw. He's one of the best pitchers of all time. Make him make a better pitch. Let's grow the fucking game here, huh? Because um, you guys are going to be dead and in the ground, and baseball is going to die with you if you keep that shit up. Goddamn um, right, man. All right, so. Before we before we move on, let's talk a little Yankees. We're not going to talk too much MLB today because we're already 40 minutes in and this is supposed to be an NFL pod. So let's talk a little Yanks before we move on. The Yankees sucked. Now they're decent again. They I think they've won, what, eight straight? Seven in a row tonight. Seven in a row tonight. They're 28 and 21. They are, do you want to say comfortably in that wild card spot? Well, they're yeah, they're it went from the second division spot, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, they're second in the East by a game and a half, and they still have uh, five games with Toronto. So I'm not going to say comfortably yet. Uh, and they're only three behind Tampa now. Tampa's been a little bit of a slide. Yeah, they so have. We'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, Luke Voigt is uh, he lost the weight. He looks like the generic player in every baseball video game you get right now, but it doesn't fucking matter because he's the greatest player on the planet. 19 bombs hit his 19th tonight. Uh, Guys he's locked ha- hitting absolute cock shots, dude. And the other thing, too, is they're all big. They're all home runs when they desperately need them. Yeah, there's no A-Rod home runs in here. And by that, I mean no home runs when you're down 10 or up 10. Right. And, and on top of that, too, dude, is he was really the main cog in that lineup when Will Mayhew was out for a bit there. Obviously, Judge and Stan, who are both back now. He was the only guy in the lineup that you felt good about being able to do something, and he was actually delivering. So now with a much deeper lineup and the cavalry is back and working their way back into you know prime game form, you got Voight just still absolutely mashing baseballs. And the Yankee pitching really has been the most important thing. Uh, the rotation has just been great, uh, led, of course, by Cole. And Debbie Garcia, he – He's kind of like ignited a little bit of a flame there. This I, I agree. He's they started to turn it around when he came up. I think he's just fun as hell for the fan base. I think he's fun as hell for the team. And obviously he's delivering with results. I think he's 3-1 and one now. So uh, just keep it rolling. You got about, I think, 11 games left now. And if you can go something like 8-3 and three like that, just, just keep it rolling. You're good. I just want him to make the playoffs. I'm not going to ask for a number. Well, I don't want to ask for too much. Sean, I just we need to get there, and then we'll worry about it when we get there. Okay, let's they're not in. ask for too much. They're in. They're in. You just have to wonder if they're going to be 
the eight seed, seven seed, or if they're going to find a way to be the fourth or the fifth. Okay, fair enough. I don't want to ask for too much, Sean. You're jumping the gun here. We're worried about a World Series. I'm not jumping the gun, bro. <laughs> did you watch them the last week? They've been. Did you watch them two weeks ago? But a lot more time has evaporated, my friend, and the Orioles are not making up six and a half games on the Yankees right now, especially with them back at almost full strength. So, yeah, I mean, they got Judge back and Stan back within the last two days. Um, do you want me to tell you what my girlfriend nicknamed them? I don't know if you've heard this one before. Which one? The the uh, the, the duo of them. You've heard of the Bash Bros. She calls them the Glass Bros. Nice. I respect. Respect. Yeah, like. she she uh, she's very proud of that nickname because they get hurt all the time, obviously. If you can't figure out that nickname, you're an idiot, but... I'm yeah, proud of it, too. Song. I'm proud of her for making that one. It's definitely fitting for those two fuckers. I swear to God, they're going to end up back before the playoffs. Are, they're going to end up back on the I.L. I, dude, I do not Should I even speak, speak those into, words? <laughs> do not speak that shit into existence. Yeah, you motherfucker. <laughs> All right. So, baseball, we're done. Checked it off. Let's talk a little golf. DJ is the hottest player in the world, winning the FedEx Cup. We waited, I don't know. Four days, and then we rolled it over. We rolled the calendar over to the Safeway Open. Basically, nobody in there, nobody in the world played, but that is the first official tournament of the new golf season, Sean. Um, 50 events this year. I cannot wait. And the second event of the year is the U.S. Open. From a place that's within 30 minutes of both of us, Wingfoot in Mamaroneck, New York. You excited, baby? You excited? Uh, listen, I don't know if you're going to be around Saturday, but I may or may not be making a trip with a pair of binoculars down there. I'm hoping Tiger makes the cut. Oh, shit. That would be something if he did. But ju- just watching DJ right now, I mean, that's enough to get your money's worth, especially if you're sneaking in with binoculars, not paying. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about sneaking in, but I'm just hoping to maybe stand on top of uh, you know, a hill or something on the outside and catch a glimpse but i'll be lucky to even do that i was just looking at the course from people's instagrams and whatnot and it looks like it's pretty pretty tight and the fences are pretty high we'll have to see but but it less it's 18 minutes from from my apartment i gotta drive over there right i think you have to especially because you keep talking you're talking about it even more now you went from 30 minutes now down to eight well 30 minutes for you that's, 18 for yeah. me you know yeah i, 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 mean, I live that's if it's under 20 you know you take that chance Absolutely. I mean, bring that's... yourself, bring yourself a, you know, bring yourself a nice little brewski and yes. post up on a hill and and watch some golf. Oh man, that'd be amazing. Well, you are definitely invited if you want to join. Um, let me give you my foursome, and then we'll move on to the task at hand today, which is our football preview. So my foursome this week, um, I have DJ, Rory, John Rahm, and Tommy Fleetwood. Only reason why I threw Rory in there, he just had a baby, and I figured maybe he's going to be riding a high. Hey, man. That, Congrats that's to good, him, by the way. That's a good reason to do it. I don't know if he's going to be feeling ever any better in his life than that. So let's, let's fucking roll with it. Absolutely. All right. So you ready for the fu- 2020 NFL season, NFL COVID-shortened season? Um. Oh, it's not shortened yet. Well, somewhat. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm making predictions here, but we, whatever. Um, I last week did stop tweet speaking out, this bullshit into existence. <laughs> I last week did tweet out my picks. I think that we should start with a clean two, clean week two slate. Um, 
being that um, you didn't make picks last week. I went two and two though. Um, I believe I went Buffalo Bills minus six and a half. That worked out for me. Giants plus four and a half. That didn't. Uh, Texans plus. Nine and a half, that didn't work out. I thought they were at least going to be able to stay within fucking nine and a half points. And then I went Titans plus one and a half, and I believe they covered that spread. Yeah, they did. They won by two, so good job by you. Two and two. Two and two for absolutely nothing. Speaking of which, let me actually send you the lines right now before we jump Oh, I got them. I got them, my friend. You got them? I got them. Perfect. I'm going to have to take a look at them. This is great. I'm going to be doing it on the fly. No fucking research. This is how Sean wins things, ladies and gentlemen. We're, by the way, we still haven't done either of our challenges, but it is starting <laughs> It is starting to cool off down here. So a couple more, maybe a month and a half, and I'll be jumping in some river, and you'll be, I don't know, eating heart, a heart attack on a bun. Probably, yeah. I mean, something <laughs> something has to be done. We have not held up our, our end of the bargain. No, but I will tell you from my... From my watching of um, from my watching of Game of Thrones, they say that a Lannister always pays their debts, right? But that I doesn't don't know. But that doesn't mean that I have to pay it in any type of time. Hey, I have not. Neither of us have been pushing each other to do these things. So <laughs> you know, there's gonna have to be some feet held to the coals at some point soon. True. True. All right, bro. So you ready to jump into this? Let's see what your sperm bank picks are going to look like. Let's jump into this, baby. Let's do it. All right. So you want to lead off with the AFC? Or you want your Giants? No, we might as well lead off with some AFC. And if we're going to lead off with the AFC, let's talk about your New York Jets. All right, bro. Um, So that means we're going to be starting in the AFC East. Correct. Um, Let's go four to one. Okay. Now remember, we have, we're doing this with one game already under our belt, but we'll have to kind of remember what we were thinking before the season started. Yeah, I'm. I'm I don't give a fuck. I'm going that. based off now, baby. <laughs> All right. Um. So four to one. You ready for this? Hit me. I got New York Jets four, Miami Dolphins three, Buffalo Bills two, and the Patriots. Number one for the seven millionth year since the fucking dinosaurs roamed the motherfucking earth, the Patriots have won this division and they will win it again. Yeah, I'm not going there. I'm going Buffalo. Oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, huh? I am. And it's not even so much that I love Buffalo as much as I as picking them one. I just I need to see this Pats team play more than the Dolphins. Before I can say, all right, they're definitely going. Remember, they had eight players opt out, yeah. almost their entire defense. Cam ran the ball 15 times in week one. I don't know how successful he can do that. He can be doing that the rest of the season. I like listen, it. Buffalo is, their defense is stacked. Their offense is so much better. I think you're looking at 10 and 6 maybe winning this division. And, uh, and I think that Buffalo can certainly do that. Yeah, I agree. They they probably could pull that off, but I'm not. Listen, Belichick's still breathing, right? Belichick's still breathing. And he's doing subway commercials. I don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, you know what? He might be getting a little soft with his old age, but 
Isn't it funny to talk talking about the Jets and the Bills and and we'll talk like isn't it funny how they say fifty percent of first round quarterbacks bust every single year and, and then I'm like well it's not going to be this guy and it's not going to be this guy maybe that stat will get busted Sam Darnold so far bust Baker Mayfield oh. I sucked him off last year he's not going to be sucked off this year we may have to do our rankings again in a week or two bust uh, the only two guys Rosen I mean come on. We don't even have to talk about him. He's already on his third team. Clear mm-hmm. bust, and he was never really given an opportunity. The only guys that are really doing well are uh, Josh Allen and, and obviously the, four, the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar's the best, and he went to the best situation, and he's obviously the face of the league now being the former MVP. Pat Mahomes, that. Mahomes. Well, I said A-face, not the. He's yes, up there. Yes, yes, yes. He's right up there. Uh, don't jump me so soon. Um, and then obviously Josh Allen, you know, he's Josh Allen. I, I don't know how great he is, but he's also benefited from being on a pretty decent team and they're giving him a shit ton of weapons and he's got a damn good head coach. So I, I don't know if he's a, he's definitely not a bust. I don't know how he's great, but, uh, I certainly feel better about him than I feel about your baby boy and, uh, Baker. Yeah, I mean, listen, I feel bad for my baby boy. The guy's never had any offensive line help, and the best weapon they've ever gotten him is a wash Le'Veon Bell. No, but I can't. But you know what, man? He's in year three now, and we know the great quarterbacks can find a way with bad teams. I'm not asking him to win a Super Bowl, but God, man, he looked awful on on Sunday. Yeah, and that defense doesn't look great either, which is why the Jets are one of my favorites to win the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, which would be amazing for me. Um, I just think Miami's going to be a little bit better than them. I mean, they both have terrible defenses. I think Miami's going to have up-and-down quarterback play from Fitz until two is ready to play. They have better skill position players, even with Devontae Parker not playing, with Jordan Howard as well as Matt Breida and a few other running backs. And then they have Williams on the outside. Um and they have Gleski at tight end. More weapons. I think they're going to have a little bit better of a year. And I think, honestly, the only reason why they flip over the Jets is because they're going to beat the Jets this year. Now, you said they don't have a very good defense. I'm going to, I'm going to bite, you know, fight back on you here, man. They actually have a pretty decent defense. And, they, and it's the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, they're better than the Jets. Yeah, I think it's actually a pretty good defense. Remember, they also got Kyle Van Noy. He came in there. And then you uh, – The cornerback from Dallas. Yeah, they signed Byron Jones to the big deal. Uh, and they played pretty decent defense down the stretch last year, obviously, with um, with Flores uh, as the head coach. So I, I think that they're actually a pretty decent defensive team. They only gave up uh, 21 points to the Patriots. I mean, they certainly didn't get killed. What are the odds for first coach fired? I, gotta, I, I wonder that. I don't know. I mean, obviously Marone in, in Jacksonville, but they found a way to win a game. Yeah, I think he saved himself from being the first coach fired for a little bit there, but I think Gase has got to be high on that list. Man, I, can you fire Gase already this soon into year two? I would. Since he basically picked the GM, uh, it's it's hard. I mean, I would too if I, I just I, – I mean, I listen, I, I was saying it. this to somebody today I was talking to. If the Jets go 0-6, which if you look at their schedule, schedule they very well can, I think Gase gets canned. Well, especially if they're continuing to – if they have another performance like they did on Sunday because they – you have all – Rex Ryan was uh, on ESPN and he was talking about this and it's a great point. 
you have all off season and training camp, obviously with no preseason, to game plan the first part of the first game. You know your opponent. You know what you want to do, and that's what you come out with. Yeah, I mean that's that's inexcusable. I mean they only lost by ten, but realistically they lost that game by twenty. It, it, it I mean it was twenty. Time. It was twenty-one three at the half. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking at their first six games here, I just mentioned their first six. You got San Francisco next week in San Francisco, a pissed off San Francisco, no, 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 mind no. you. It's in it's in New Jersey. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I have it here. I'm looking at ESPN.com. They're versus San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, they're versus San Francisco. Oh, you're San right. Francisco. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. They're going to lose that game. Then they go to Because they play the Giants the next week in the Meadowlands, too. They have two straight games in, in New Jersey. Yes, yes. They go to Indy. That game you could be had. Then they play Denver. That game could be had, but I think those are both losses in tragic ways. Arizona, I think they're going to hold a giant L, too. Los Angeles, that's their best shot of winning of the first six. Is that the Rams or the Chargers? Chargers. By far their best chance of winning in the first six. And then after that... You go from week seven, you're looking at Buffalo, Kansas City, New England. Then you play Miami, Miami. I think Miami, Miami are both losses, even coming off the bye. Have I just completely flipped over and been the ultimate pessimist about this team? <laughs> flipped over? I think you've always kind of been pessimistic. I know, but now well, I'm not even holding out well, hope for Darnold. I've this. moved on to Trevor Lawrence. Well, we talked about this when the schedules were released, that the team that was probably done the, le- the least favor was the Jets. Yeah. Because they're a team that needed an, a, a, you know, a somewhat accommodating schedule to, to have success that we thought they maybe could if things broke right. And obviously they were not given that. And now Le'Veon Bell is out for a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. So it's it certainly could look that way. I mean, they looked about as bad as any team last year, and they still found a way to win seven games. So I'm not 100% sure if they're going to do that again or if they really are going to tank. But I'm just disappointed in Darnold because I've been singing his praises longer than a lot of people have too, even as a non-Jet fan. But he just doesn't give me any kind of enthusiasm. I don't watch him and say this is a guy that's going to make up for some of the deficiencies, especially in year three. Now, next week I need to see him play with some poise or, or I, I, I don't know. Is there even a chance of that happening? I mean, but the thing is, like, he had such a good run two years ago, and then last year after recovering from the mono, towards the end of the year he was starting to come around as well. But you know what the thing about that is, though, man, is he was it was done with no pressure, right? There's those seasons were already lost yeah. when he did that, and after year one, okay, yeah, sure, you get the mono, that sucks. But you know, he did or he did lead that team, and I say lead pejoratively, to a loss against at the time the winless Dolphins and an awful performance against the t- at the time the winless Bengals. So mm-hmm. he had some good games in there, but he also sucked a couple times. And this is year three now. I can't keep clinging on to what he did two years ago and a little bit last year when the seasons were already lost, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so speak, talking about the AFC East, I have Jets, Miami, Bills, Pats, and you have? I have the Jets at four, the Dolphins at three, the Patriots at two, and I have the, uh, the Buffalo Bills at number one. All right, let's move on to the AFC North. You ready for that? Okay. You got yep. that lined up? All right, I have 
The Bengals, the Browns, those two are interchangeable. I just think the Browns' offensive line is really bad. Excuse me, the Bengals, and I just think the Browns should be able to be better than that. The Ravens at two and the Steelers at one. I think there's a little regression with the Ravens this year, buddy, even following their first week win. I was going to say, that's an interesting point to make after we're ending 38-6, to six, but I don't know if there's I a think regression. It, I, I think they it comes better. down to the two games they play against the Steelers, and that's it. I think the Steelers are going to be great this year. They have a top three defense, and with Big Ben back, Juju, that means Juju's back. I don't give a fuck who's running the ball, whether it's James, James Conner or Benny Snell. They both look explosive, and I just think this team is one of the most well-rounded teams in football. I think it's a very well-rounded team, but it's not better than than the Baltimore Ravens. I'm and, not saying the Ravens are going to go out here and go fucking eight and eight. They're just I'm not. But you're yeah. picking Pittsburgh to be better, and and I I personally can't see that because I actually think Baltimore got better, especially with who they drafted this year. And you bring in a Calais Campbell to shore up that that uh, defensive uh, that rush. I think that they're a better team. I think they're a great team, and I think Lamar is going to be on campaign for another MVP year. I see Pittsburgh finishing second behind Baltimore. And like you said, interchangeable between the Browns and the Bengals. If you're you're watching the Bengals, dude, their kicker missed a 22-yarder because he tore his hamstring as he kicked the ball. I mean, that's Did he actually so tear it or was it a sympathy play? <laughs> I I think he actually tore it like mid-kick and it shanked. Uh, real bad. And obviously when the Browns score 6 points and Odell is trade bait again it's a rough situation there well, speaking of the browns and the Bengals, my friend we have don't even don't even bother do something fun tomorrow night okay go bowling uh, go to the driving range i don't fucking know because tomorrow night it is cincinnati at cleveland fucking horrible i'll be watching the yanks and uh some nba playoffs that'll be my night i cannot believe that that's why isn't that a one o'clock game are you fucking Dude, there, it's the Battle of Ohio, man. Who doesn't want to see that? <laughs> I can name one guy. What do you? Who do you think wins next week? This week, you mean tomorrow? Tomorrow, yes. Um, fuck, man. I the Browns have to win this game, right? They have to win this game. They're minus they six. Game, they're a six and a half point favorite, bro. I think that's fair, no matter how bad they are, because uh, they're home, so they get they're going to get three points anyway. Yeah, the Bengals suck. Um, I honestly look good. To, I have to say, I, he did look good. He did look good. Who do you like tomorrow? Uh, I like the I like the Browns, but this this has this has. Upset written all over it. Young rookie, doesn't know any better. Well, really not young rookie, but a rookie. And this team in absolute shambles. They're talking about Odell getting shit on and, and liking shit on his chest and whatever. And fucking Baker not being able to throw even a five-yard out. I mean, this team's a joke. Nick Chubb is, is MIA. Yeah, not much has changed in week one um, from the Freddie Kitchens era to the uh, – Stefanski era um, I don't know I hate saying it. who do you even like tomorrow because I hate both of these teams but I like Burrow <laughs> I won't be betting uh, on it Actually, yeah I'm not I'm not picking this game for our picks no I might put money on it but I'm not going to take it for the picks it's rough it's I a rough one I, uh, I, got, I had to remind myself after taking I was so excited for week one that I took the Thursday night game but I did really well last year not picking Thursday night games, and I'm going to continue that trend for the rest of the year. 
I think that's smart. You had your one mulligan, and now it's time to move on. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I'm going Bengals four, Browns three, uh, Pittsburgh two. They're definitely a playoff team, and Baltimore might be the best team outside of Kansas City, right along Kansas City, actually, in the whole NFL uh, as my number one seed. All right, let's move over to the West. Speaking of Kansas City, I have, after what I saw last week, the Chargers at four, the Raiders at three, the Broncos at two, those are all interchangeable because none of them are making the playoffs for me. And the Kansas City Chargers dominating this division as well as the, the Kansas league. City Chargers dominating. Kansas this City Chiefs, whatever, dude. Kansas the- City. At least I know where Kansas City is, unlike our fearless leader, Donald Trump. It's not in Kansas, it's in Missouri. You also, yeah, well, if you're chanting, go Kansas City Chargers, you might be in the same category. Um, no, I'm definitely going Chiefs 1, obviously. The next three are tough. I actually really like the way the Vegas Raiders played on the road. I know Carolina's not great, but they won that game. Josh Jacobs won that game. (laughs) I'm going to have that number. I'm going to have them as my second team in the West. Uh, Your Bama boy ran all over him. Oh, he's so good. He's so fucking good. And then, uh, you know, I'll put Denver three and I'll go Chargers four. Chargers are another team you're going to be wondering when are they going to play Herbert? Mm -hmm. How long do they really want to keep uh, Tyrod Taylor in there? They found a way to win uh, more because the Bengals found a way to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The Bengals line is just fucking brutal. All right, so we're flip-flopping two there. I have have Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, KC number one. We're flip-flopping two and three, right? All right, so we'll keep it the same. Obviously, KC is the best team there. Moving on to the South, the final division. I have, I think they got their win out of the way. I, it was a lot of fun for them. And Minshew, Minshew Mania is alive and well. Um, I'm, I already sent you over a pair of jorts. I hope you got them. Um, <laughs> Rocking them right now, man. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I have four Jags, three Colts, two Texans, one Titans. I have the Colts over the Jags because I think, although you did get that absolute classic Phillip Rivers fourth quarter oh, leading a man. comeback, fucking need anything but a pick, pick, I think he's still going to be able to get the Colts a few more wins than the Jags. You certainly would hope so if you're Indy, right? You gave him a, however much, was it $20 million for one year? It was something crazy like that. And um, you're obviously hoping that... $20 million to be worse than Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, it's going to manifest, hopefully, for them in a couple more wins in a playoff performance. Rivers has been done for a few years. We've known that. That was yep. kind of a really uh, head-scratcher as far as the decision there. Um yeah, I'm going to go Titans 1. I, I just really like this team. I didn't see any reason on Monday night why they can't still win this division and get to another potential AFC championship game. If they're running the ball like they run the ball, their line is good. Their defense is really good now with Jadavian Clowney in there too. Tannehill's good enough. The Texans, God, they, they, have, helped, they have given no help to Deshaun Watson other than giving him a huge payday, took away his best player. Uh, but they're still better than the Colts and the Jags, so uh, I'll go Colts three and Jags four. By the way, I know we're going to talk about the uh, Cardinals, but mm-hmm. I mean, does does DeAndre Hopkins not just remind you of Larry Fitzgerald? Oh, he's absolutely. I mean, he, the he's clones. He, he's what Larry Fitz was, you know, five six years ago. Fourteen catches. He's he's unbelievable. I I think he, him and Michael Thomas are the do- top two receivers in the league. Yes, sir. All right, let's rank them, bro. Let's let's do the playoffs here. I have 
Seven, the Texans. It's a seven-team playoff this year, by the way. Fourteen teams make it, everyone, for those who didn't know. Seven, the Texans. Six, the Bills. Five, the Ravens. Four, the Titans. Three, the Pats. Two, the Steelers. I think they're going to have a really big year this year. And number one, Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to really beat up on their division. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I'm actually going to go Vegas at seven. I think that they will find a way to sneak in. I think they'll lose both games to the Chiefs, but I think they'll find a way to win a couple games and sneak in. Um, So I'm going them seven. I uh, I have the New England Patriots at six. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at five, and then uh, I have my four division winners here. So I'm going Titans, I am going uh, Bills, and then I am going Baltimore at two and Kansas City at one. All right, give me your championship game here, bud. I think you're going to have to like. Uh, I think you're going to have to just find a way to get this done, right? Kansas City and uh, Kansas City and uh, Baltimore. I have Kansas City against my two seed, which is the Steelers, and I myself have the Chiefs advancing to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm actually picking Baltimore. I think Lamar's going to break through this ooh, year. Ooh. And, and, yeah, I think I've he's going to break a lot of ooh today. Yeah, you're very excited. Yeah, I, I just like to. I like it. I like you being a little on the contrary. You know, it's so hard to go back to a Super Bowl, and it's not really even indictment on the Chiefs. I mean, you can make a case that they even got even better with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's what I'm um, saying. But I, I think Baltimore got better too, and, and I know Lamar has not played well in the playoffs. Everybody needs to kind of calm down. I mean, Peyton Manning was a train wreck in the playoffs the first couple of years of his career. Yep. He turned out to be just fine. I really like this Baltimore team uh, offensively and defensively. They got rid of Earl Thomas, who was a cancer in that locker room. Uh, you bring in a Calais Campbell, like I said before. Uh, they had to find a really good draft, too. I, I love this team. All right, so you have them going to the Super Bowl to represent the AFC for you. Let's move on to the NFC. Let's do it. All right, man. I don't think this is going to be a good uh, good little chat for you. We'll see how enthusiastic you are about your G-men. But let's start with the NFC East. I'll lead us off again. I have – and you could flip-flop these two, although the Skins already won and they're leading their whoa, division. Whoa, 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 Oh, I'm That's sorry. I'm sorry. Team to you. Let me cross that out. Football. They're not – not using those kinds of words. I'm sorry. I apologize, everyone. You know, the Chargers are from San Diego, and you know, actually LA now. I I know. I'm I'm playing into my joke here, asshole. Um, (laughs) And the Raiders are clearly from from fucking Oakland. Um, So I have the Washington. uh, I'm going to call them the Washington. hmm, What's my name for them this year? Well, they're the football team. I know, but I want to think of a good name for them. All right, Washington football team. It'll the Washington Racists. No, that's stupid. It'll come to me. Uh, Washington football team four, the Giants third. You could flip-flop those two. I have the Eagles second, and I have the Dallas Cowboys number one. I think you're going to have the the Giants second here. What, what do you have? I actually am, um, and it's not for really being a, a clown show homer. I don't like this Eagles team at all. Now, I really now don't. I gotta ask you this: had sure. had this been last week, had we done this before the season started, do you think you would have had the Eagles too? No. No. Okay. 
Nope. I, I didn't like what I saw from them really a lot of last year. They found a way to sneak in and they beat the Cowboys shocker in a meaningful game late. And, uh, you know, Wentz, Wentz is hurt a shit ton. McCown is not somebody you want playing as the backup. You got Jalen Hurts. We'll, we'll see what he is if he gets a chance to play in the on the NFL level. There, I I know they drafted Rager. I, I don't like this team. I, their defense is not good. Obviously, that was all accentuated with their loss to the Washington Football Team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually had the Giants second, um, and the reason I had the Giants second is I think that under Joe Judge. They are not going to piss away the kind of games that they pissed away last year. They're going to lose games because they're not super talented, all right? But they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot. And Daniel Jones is a damn good quarterback. And that showed, despite two horrible picks, he was carving up the best defense, one of the best defenses in the NFL, top three one, like you said, with the Steelers, with with absolutely no running game at all. Uh, Garrett's offense already looks good. I thought it would look good before the season. This is not a playoff team, uh, but I think that they'll find a way to be slightly better. I think that they could be a seven or six win team if all things break right for them. Uh, and then Washington fourth, although their defense is really good. So I have Washington four, I have Philly three, I have the Giants two, uh, and then unfortunately Will's Cowboys just because they're the best team in this division at one. Yes. Speaking of Will, he wants to come on here soon and talk football. So just, you know, that's more of a reminder to myself. And All hopefully right. my secretary hears that and and schedules Will to be on the podcast. Get in touch, have his people get in touch with my, you know, incompetent people. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> All right, let's move on to the north here. Um, I have the Lions four, Vikings three, Bears two. Like what I saw with Mitch, baby. Oh no, you're talking yourself into him again. And go pack go. I have the Packers. Yeah. You know, I gotta tell you one thing. I see why you struggle with your Jets so much. <laughs> if you're talking yourself into Trubisky because he had a great fourth quarter against the team that has no idea how to win football games. You know he was almost benched at halftime, right? With how bad. Listen, I, I I just can't fucking take Kirk Cousins anymore. You know he completed what three passes before? Oh, he was time? so bad. He was so. Yeah, bad. that's your fucking guy, bro. Not anymore. He hasn't been my guy. Listen, uh, I didn't you know you guys broke up. You didn't tell me, me the like, news. Sorry to hear if it. You, if you embarrass me like that with a with a bold prediction like I made two years ago. Listen, I'm not. I can't like him. I'm not coming. Yeah, I hear that. I'm not coming out here saying Mitch is going to win the MVP and the Vic- and the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying they're going to have a better season than the Vikings and the Lions. Matt Matt Stafford's going to get hurt. Bar quotes at some point this year. Matty Peepee's going to get fired. These are all my predictions, and the Vikings are going to go fucking. I don't know. Maybe. Seven and nine, and I think the Bears might go eight and eight. I think the Packers are going to dominate this division. I think so too. I uh, and especially if Rodgers plays like he did the other day, my God, was he a man on a mission? And and he probably was saving that to just go right into the office of whomever the GM is and say, "Hey, tell your boy he's going to be waiting a little bit longer because I ain't going anywhere." Oh, yeah, I think that was definitely done to motivate him. Uh, it was, I mean, he's a great player. We know that. He's capable of that. But that was a vintage Rodgers performance. That was about as good as he's looked in a game in, in about two years. Yeah, and I think it's honestly, you'll see with some of my picks here, it's, it's foreshadowing. 
Um, so what do you have, buddy? Are, are we the same? I, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say you're going to flip-flop the Bears and the Vikings. Yeah, I am. Uh, I got Lions for... Now, well, you're a Kirk guy. I, I, don't, I don't like to have to say I like Cousins more than Trubisky. I, I think the Vikings still have enough talent where they're going to win themselves some more games than the Bears do. Um, but obviously that's subject to change, but I'm not going to be a fraud here. I had Lions four, I had Bears three, I had Vikings two, and the Packers cemented at number one. Speaking of picking, I had a mm-hmm. huge pick this year in baseball. I picked the White Sox. You did, man. They're, they have the number one seed right now in the yep. NFL. Yep. Good for you. All right, so, I mean, honestly, the only team that really matters, I think only we only we both only have – one team making the playoffs out of the out of the north here from the NFC. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the south. Another division that, in my opinion, is a little shaky. Um, some good offensive players, but defense is um, defense is a little lacking here. I have four Panthers, three Falcons, two Bucks, number one Saints. We're flipping the top two, um, but I'm with you on the other two. You're going with the Bucks. Yeah, I am. Still, it's it's week one, man. I mean, they they, they didn't have an off season to to get themselves together. Uh, that Saints team has been together longer. They have more continuity. But uh, Drew Brees, I think we have to call it how it is. I think we did it when we talked to Will when we gave our quarterback rankings. He has regressed, and I'm not mm. saying that in a way where he sucks. He doesn't suck, but he has regressed, and he has not been as good as we talk about him being the last two years. And he's also been hurt a little bit. And this Saints team, I want to see their defense. I want to see guys stay healthy. They're a very good team. They're a playoff team for me for sure. But I just think this Tampa Bay team, uh, once they get it rolling, I I can't see them slowing down. I don't know. I mean, next week we might be leading the pod saying, is Drew Brees the third worst quarterback on his team behind Taysom Hill and James Winston? <laughs> I'm not willing to go that far. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The more moves that, that Tampa made, I think Bucks really- got a great offensive line. Um, they went out and got Fournette, who I think is going to play a major role because this Ronald Jones experiment has been about a year and a half too long. He's... Mm. I mean, his yards per carry are like two. He's done. But Leonard Fournette's going to be a bruiser, especially behind that line. Obviously, the offensive weapons are there for Tommy. And then the the defense is great, too. Yeah, the defense really came on last year, especially towards the end of the season. I, I think we're seeing this a lot in the NFL with week one, and I think it's going to continue. Teams that are new that don't have a lot of continuity are going to struggle a little bit more um, early and you know, just out of the gate. But I think there's too much talent on this team. I am not writing Tom Brady off. He's used to winning divisions. And I think that will continue this year. But it's going to be a close race. Looking at the other two teams, Panthers just don't have the talent aside from Christian McCaffrey and maybe DJ Moore. And then the Falcons, they their defense sucks. It absolutely sucks. I mean, they could not. Russell Wilson obviously is tremendous, but they had no answer for Seattle no. uh, in week one. The great thing about the Panthers, please tell me that you saw that leaked mic of your former boy, Robbie Anderson, asking about the Panthers mascot. Did you see that? No, what did he say? Oh, my God. It was so great. It's like 11 seconds long, but, like, the hot mics caught him, and he was like, what's that bear doing? And he's talking to Samuel, and Samuel's like, bear? He's like, panther. He has to explain to him what his name is. His name is Sir Purr. 
And Robbie <laughs> Anderson is just so confused and before it's great. It's fucking great. Go definitely look that up. It's a uh it's a gem. I think he had a touchdown though, right? He might have. I know he had a couple big catches there. They, they almost came back and won. Bridgewater is a good quarterback. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind him on the fucking Jets. God damn. Well, you had him. I know we did. We got a we got a second round pick for him, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Maybe third round. Uh, and then yeah, Atlanta. They'll win some games just because they'll outscore people on occasion. But man, that defense is so rough. Atlanta's going to be eight and eight. All right, let's move on to the West. Um, so you and I, you and I flip flop the the number two and the number one team there. I have the Saints and the Bucks. Saints one, Bucks two. You have Bucks one, Saints two. Let's move on to the West. I have the Cards fourth. This is the best division in football, and and it's not even close. By the way, the Cards fourth, the Niners third, the Seahawks second, and the Rams first. I think this is the closest division. I think these teams beat up on each other. That's why I have the Rams as my four seed, even though they're winning the division, because I think this is going to be a war of attrition out there. Um, and I think these teams are going to be a lot of fun to watch. What do you say? I say that it really is going to be the best division hands down in the NFL. I have the very, I, I wrestled with the standings for this one a lot. Um, I have that, that the Rams are going to finish fourth. Whoa, me and you are way off, bro. There might have, have to be a wager involved here. third. I have the Niners finishing second and the Seahawks winning this division. Okay, we got to bro, we're going to have to figure out aside from our regular bet, we're going to have to figure out a wager here because the fucking the Rams went all in on this year. I know they did, but they did last year too and and they weren't I think without having that year. Todd Gurley anchor weighing over their head, Malcolm Brown looked fucking great. Yeah, and, and you know what? They they didn't play a great game, but they found a way. I mean, listen, when you have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, two of the what, top five defensive players in the NFL on one team, mm-hmm. obviously you're good. And that's the hard part about picking this division here because it makes it sound like, wow, you're picking them fourth? We talked about all the other Division's teams. Division's loaded. Fourth. Like the Jets, they're nothing like that. I just like – I still love San Francisco. I know they're banged up right now, but they're good and they're going to play well. I think that Russ is on a mission. Let Russ cook is finally going to happen, and he's going to win this division. And for the Arizona Cardinals, they're really fun, but they're still raw. You know, like Kyler's in year two. They've got as much talent on the offensive side of the ball as you need. The defense has players, but I don't think they're going to be bad, but I think they're going to be around 500 as a, as a third seed in this conference, in this division. Yeah, I just have the Niners falling back to third. Reason being is because they're so banged up at the beginning of the year. You know, they lost Emmanuel Sanders just going to the Saints. Debo Samuel's on an IR until at least week four. Um, some of their running backs are a little banged up. Some of their defensive players as well. So I think they might scuffle at the beginning of the year and then figure it out towards the end. Um, let's rank. So I have Rams one, Seahawks two, Niners three, Cards four. Go over yours one more time, and then we'll go over the playoffs. Yeah, I have the Seahawks one, I have the Niners two, I have the Cardinals three, and I have the Rams four. Wow. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go down my playoffs here. I have the I'll go seven to one, Niners seven, the Bucks six, the Seahawks fifth, the Rams fourth, the Cowboys third, the Saints second, and the Packers are number one seed. 
I, I dig it, man. Um, I've got the uh, I got the Niners at seven. I got the Saints at six. Um, I have who do I have here. I have the of the Cowboys at four. I missed five, right? I got three teams coming out of that West. So mm-hmm. so do I. Yeah, so I got yeah, so I got the cards there, uh, and then moving in Cowboys. Um, Cowboys four, yep. I got the Packers three. I've got the Bucks two and the Seahawks one. Well, I honestly thought you were gonna go uh, go Bucks number one, and you know you're not really the type to drink the Kool Aid of these like hype teams, but I guess because it's Tom Brady, that's why you're doing it. Well, and also too is the Saints have slipped a little bit in the last year or two. I I just think that once this team gets rolling they're going to be about as hard of a team to stop as any team in the entire NFL. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're a Super Bowl team, and we'll talk about that in a second, um, but I think they're really I, – I think they're going to be just fine. All right, let's talk about our championship game before we move on to the Super Bowl. I have the Packers against the Cowboys. Hoo-hoo, you got the Cowboys uh, under Mike McCarthy getting a little further, huh? Yep, and I have the Packers advancing to the Super Bowl mm. to play the Kansas like City Chiefs in my book. I like it. I got Seahawks Packers. Okay, all right. And then who do you have advancing to the Super Bowl? I'm guessing the Seahawks. Yep, Russ is getting there for a third time. All right, and then who do you have? So I have a Pack KC Super Bowl. You have a Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore uh, Seattle. Seattle Super Bowl. Who do you have winning? I got Baltimore winning the Super Bowl this year. All right. I have KC winning the Super Bowl this year. All right. So we're going back to AFC. Back. Yeah, yep. we're both going AFC. Um, I could probably guess who your MVP is this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Lamar to win a second. Lamar. Interesting. I was going to say you were picking Russell Wilson with that run he's making. No, I'm not going to pick him to win the MVP. Um, he'll be in the running like he always is. I just think, well, I mean, look at the, I know he's off to a great start too, but the start Lamar got off to again, hanging 38 on the on the poor Cleveland Browns. He's just an unbelievable, his, his numbers are going to be stupid by the end of the year. Well, I have Kansas City winning the Super Bowl, but I have the Super Bowl runner-up winning the MVP, and that's Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to have a monster year. Hey, week one was a, a good start to that, right? And then uh, finally, my defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald. Yeah, I, I actually went Jalen Ramsey. So oh, okay. we're, we're kind of there. Wow, that team's got a good defense. All right, man, they let's do. make our uh, let's make our week two picks. I got a piece of paper here. I'll write them down for us. Um, obviously, if anybody's new to the pod. Sean and I have been doing this the last two years. Sean won year one. I won year two. We pick the two local games and then two games of our own. And then um, we tally it up at the end of the year, see who won, yada, yada, yada. And don't live up to our bets. Listen, the Lannisters always pay their bets. That doesn't. There's no time frame on that, okay? I don't like all these Game of Thrones references. <laughs> all right, bro. Why don't we start off with the locals? Uh, first game we have... Is a one o'clock game in Chicago. The Giants are getting five and a half against Chicago. What do you think? I like the Giants in this game. Um, I I think that the five and a half is a lot. The Bears obviously had a great comeback 
in the fourth quarter last week. But let's be honest, uh, Matty PP just gave that game to Chicago, and they really could have lost. If Swift it gave him that game. DeAndre Swift. Oh, terrible. But they never should have been in that position. They were winning that game handily. I think the Giants' defense, I saw a lot of good things from them in week one. Um, I think this game's close. I, I don't know who wins, but I definitely think it's going to be the Giants will cover this five and a half. How about you? Absolutely. Give me the G-men in this game. Uh, Chicago's defense didn't look as strong as it has the past couple of years. And I think Danny Dimes is going to be able to get a few things done. I think he keeps it within a, within a field goal. Me too. All right, let's move on to the New York Jets. They are getting seven and a half points. This is sad. At home against the 49ers. Do we care about the points, or are you still taking the Niners? I'm going to shock you here. I am going to take the Jets to cover the Zoptic number. And the reason being is I think San Francisco is going to win this football game. But this game has to be close. And and, uh, San Francisco is beat up, like we talked about. I still think that they're good enough to beat your pathetic Jets, but your pathetic Jets cannot lay an egg like they did in week one. I think this game will be at least within four or five points. They'll cover the spread. They'll probably lose. But uh, show me a little life here, Sammy. I think the Jets lose by at least seven and a half. I think they probably lose by ten. This running game of San Francisco, I know that their passing game's a little banged up with George Kittle with an MCL, Samuel being out, but they're going to be able to run all over the Jets. I think they're going to have a big halftime lead, carry it over, and they're going to win this game by nine. Okay. So give me San Francisco, baby. I'm speaking this more into existence for you. Like you got to get some kind of fight. You'll lose. Like I'm going to come on this podcast miserable either way because I'm either going to have lost one of my picks or the Jets are going to have gotten blown out for the second fucking week in a row. Yeah, it's that's true. That it's really not a it's not a good situation for you. Yep. All right, man. You want to lead off with your first uh, your first personal pick? Yeah, I'll, I'll go down to Houston here, where the tech or the uh, Ravens are a six and a half point favorite in Houston. Uh, obviously, the Ravens hung thirty eight on the Browns, and uh, Texans didn't look all that good against Kansas City. I'm taking the Ravens to have another huge offensive game, and um, fuck, man, I feel bad for Deshaun Watson losing his. I know David Johnson had an okay game. Um, but he's not making up for DeAndre Hopkins, and I think the Texans will lose. I think they'll lose big. So give me the Ravens to cover the six-and-a-half-point spread on the road. All right, so 6.5 on the road, huh? Well, I mean, if you're going off of just what happened, where if this was a neutral site game, what would the line be, nine? Yep. Something like that. So you're, you're making it a six-and-a-half-point one here in Houston, and with no home field at all. Obviously, I don't think it would have mattered much anyway, but how are you stopping this Ravens offense? Very true. All right, so for my pick, I have the Atlanta Falcons going down to Dallas. I have the Dallas Cowboys. I am taking them with the spread. I think they win this game by more than a touchdown. They need to turn this shit around and turn it around fast. They do, and they're dealing with a lot of injuries on their end too, especially defensively. You've got uh, Vander Esch out, and you've got – you got Sean Lee out again, and actually Blake Jarwin, the good tight end, he's done for the year. So, um, but they should still win this game, right? They should still win this game, and I think they should win it by more than a touchdown. They should be able to score all over Atlanta. I know they lost Jarwin, but they still have Zeke. They still have, 
Michael Gallup, and they still have their number one wide receiver in Amari Cooper, and they have the new wide receiver who looks like a fucking stud in CeeDee Lamb. Yep. So I think they should still be able to win this game. Their defense should be able to hold up. Shootout uh, here? Big high-scoring game? Absolutely a high-scoring game. I think Dak steps up. He has a big fantasy day, um, but I think that he, they win by a touchdown or more. All right, so what's your last pick? Last pick, I'm going uh, Monday night in Las Vegas where the Raiders are uh, opening up their new home, and they are getting five and a half uh, after the Saints beat Tom Brady and spoiled that first game for them. They're heading into Vegas, playing in a dome. The Raiders are five-and-a-half-point underdogs. I like the Raiders. I think that they're actually going to find a way to keep this game a lot closer. They might even find a way to win it. Um, see what the Saints can do in back-to-back weeks. Give me the Raiders to cover the five-and-a-half-point. All right. I got – I got. Um, let me look at the spread here. You have the Raiders, huh? I do. Five-and-a-half? Waiting all the way till Monday night, yep. I'm going to go down to Miami here. This is an interesting spread. So the Buffalo Bills are riding high off beating an absolute garbage Jets team. We already mentioned about how the Dolphins' defense is much improved, as well as their offense. And Fitzpatrick can get hot here, especially in divisional games, when he's playing teams that he's played for before. Miami is plus 5.5. I think they can keep this game a little bit closer than that. Okay. So I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. And by the way, I don't know if you know, Sean, but this sperm bank pick (laughs) of the week is brought to you by my MVP pick, Aaron Rodgers, dating supermodels left and right. Let's just say he does not need to go to the sperm bank. (laughs) I think he's just fine. Because he's cashing it in. Um, Let's see if this is good for you. My sperm bank pick of the week is the Miami Dolphins plus five and a half at home over the apparently surging Buffalo Bills. Now, I want this on the record since this is a sperm bank pick and it was brought to you by Aaron Rodgers. Now, you are trying, right? You are caring. I don't want to hear any of this shit that if you don't turn out to be good that you didn't have enough time to prepare. No, no, no. I'm trying for 2020. I whooped your ass last year. You got me the first year because I wasn't trying. I am trying for 2020. Such a bad acknowledgement (laughs) on your part. (laughs) I am definitely trying for 2020. This one, I completely forgot that we we do this during this podcast, and I didn't have the spreads ready to go. I wasn't staring at them, but that's fine. I'll probably still beat you anyways. Ah, you're talking some shit, my friend. (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, We kept it under two hours, so everybody should send us a thank you card, rate and review us as well for keeping it under two hours. Not that they don't want more of us. No, but you know, as people, yeah, we're not Joe Rogan, bro. (laughs) Not many people are. Speaking of which, does he end up hosting a presidential debate? Trump's on board with it. I, I would listen. I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't love to see it, but I don't think they pull it off. I don't think they pull it off, but you know what I would love is for him to bring each of them in on their own, him, Trump and Biden, on their own, and do like the long-form podcast interview. I think that would be great. I think an unfiltered, totally candid, three-and-a-half, four-hour pod with each of them would give a lot of people more clarity on these because we know that the, we know that the debates are such bullshit. Hmm. You don't get enough time to answer questions. And maybe they'll smoke. Maybe they'll fucking smoke a blunt like Elon Musk. 
<laughs> I think Trump would do anything to keep himself up. He'd say some outlandish shit. And I think Biden, it, whatever he needs to do to not fall asleep, I think would be big. So definitely not smoke. No, I don't think that's getting him. Uh, I don't think that's that's raising him up at all. I think that's going to put him right down. Listen, coming up on twenty six, I can I can empathize with uh, with Biden. I've been sleepy lately, bro. You got a lot of go- shit going on. I know, but listen, I understand why Joe gets tired. Sometimes you get a little overwhelmed. You know, you eat a big <laughs> lunch, and before you know it, you're you're falling asleep on the job. What time? What time is Joe Joe Biden's bedtime? Um, he's a blue plate special guy for dinner, so that means he's eating dinner around three thirty, four o'clock. I'm saying he's in bed by seven, mm. lights out by seven thirty, passed out by eight. Okay, so the whole process is taking him about an hour. I want to know these what debates time are going to be tough though, because those some gonna of those be... things don't go on till like nine o'clock. Bro, they're long and they're and you know, they're such different styles. I mean, Trump he's gonna be talking the most absurd amount of nonsense. What I love about I actually respect this. He is playing the entire current situation of the country as if he's running against the incumbent president. He is the incumbent president. All of this shit has happened under his watch and he's yeah. blaming Biden for COVID. He's doing all the. It's it's really incredible. I mean, if you're going to be that much of a lunatic, you might as well what, commit what, and follow through, right? Yeah. What do you think puts Trump to sleep? Because I feel like he's so jacked up on amphetamines uh, to keep himself up that uh, he's that you're going to have to basically tranquilize him to get him to sleep, right? Yeah, man. He's you got to take some downers. He's not. He hasn't had what do they call it, REM sleep and fucking... No wonder he's so crazy. I didn't even think about that. He hasn't had REM sleep in 30 years. And that there's guy's, no... That guy's taken probably 120 milligrams of Adderall a day, which means he's probably taking either a Xanax or a fucking Lunesta or one of those... A Xanax is anxiety, but it'll also put you to sleep, too. He might be taking both, man. I'm telling you, he's... I don't know how... There's no way that what he's doing, going all over the place, campaigning, Maybe rallying... Maybe too? Yeah. I, I mean, there's no way he's doing that without a lot of enhancements. So, you gotta imagine that you're gonna have the converse effect on him when you're trying to put him to sleep, right? Yeah, he... Th- all I mean, he does is watch Fox News all night, and... and I mean, tweet. that and tweet so off of what Fox is saying. So it's crazy, man. It's going to be a wild couple months leading up to this process. We're, I think, like six or seven weeks out. I'm going to give Joe Biden a little advice here. If you yeah. want to win this election, this should be your line. Just look at Trump in the middle of it while he's talking. I know they're going to bleep it out on TV, but just look at him and go, what? Like all the time you should do this every time. Just go, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what, man? I'm if you so happy you said that. and said that, I think maybe it would be like an enlightenment, like a, like a fucking light bulb going off in people's head. It's like, yeah, what the fuck is he talking about? I think a lot of people would respect that because, yeah. you know, Trump has found a way to win by just spewing the most nonsensical level of bullshit. And people seem to really like it. And I think what turns Biden or people off to Biden is that he's just 
he says all the same generic standard political yeah. responses. I mean, and it's you like you're mic drop that. Yeah, Trump says something and then he'll stick to it and dig his feet in like there's no more. I mean, it's like you're you love Seinfeld. It's like fucking George Costanza. It's it's only a lie if you don't believe it or whatever he says. It's only a lie. Yeah, it's it's not a lie if you believe it. Yeah, exactly. Well, when you're pathological, I mean, I think if you tell yourself enough things, I mean, it's gonna you're gonna dilute it and believe it's the truth. One thing, though, to your point, though, I'm all in for the Rogan thing because regardless of what, however that platform is used, I want to hear these guys. I mean, Trump pretty much uses the mic anyway, however he would, whether it was like HBO or a podcast or whatever, he uses it the same way. But I'd love to see this be done in an uncensored, actual like just raw kind of way and hear especially Biden in a totally different light. I agree with you. Uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, I think these guys, I don't even think, I know Trump said he's willing to do it. I think there'd be a lot of fighting within his camp. Clearly he doesn't listen to anybody, so maybe he would, but Biden's not going to do it. There's zero chance. Zero chance. I I would love to see his VP. Do it. Kamala Harris. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I, I would almost that, prefer her go on there and talk. No, no fucking doubt. I, <laughs> I would just want to see something like that going forward because one is on what NBC, one's on f- like CBS and one's on something, some other platform. They're very, you know, the 90 year olds to the 10 year olds know how to find those channels and they're so scripted. There's really nothing to them that's complex or get allows you to see these layup candidates bro. in the light. What? They're layup questions. Yeah, and they're just they're not anything that grabs you. I mean, we saw during the Democratic debates. I mean, they're just the most annoying standard questions, and they have like two minutes to answer them. Give me a long-formed, uncensored debate. I mean, I don't think they're going to be boring because it's still Trump. I mean, don't you remember the last time? He had that debate with Hillary where he was chasing her around the stage. Oh, yeah. He was basically like, I mean, there was a restraining order ready to be filed right then. <laughs> right? The lawyers were already typing it up. That's what kills me when people are like, Biden's so creepy. I'm like, I'm not going to disagree with you, but how how is Trump not? like? What yeah, you call him fucking people? creepy Joe. Like, what? You're, that's, the, like, what? He's called his own daughter hot. He's was basically just like on top of Hillary. Yeah. I Don't mean, you remember on. him on Stern? Oh, of course. All time. I mean, and yeah. it's not like he's like some gorgeous guy. Oh, Jesus. That no. slob of a man, but money talks. That money fucking talks, man. And he's, he knows it too. He's all, he's never been bashful in admitting that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I just, I don't know what's going to happen with another four. If he wins, Dude, I'm telling you, from the shit that we've seen with, basically, let's call it what it is. 2020 is the sign of the apocalypse. Between a a global pandemic, the forest fires that are raging like crazy out west. You've had so much, you know, the the social injustice and the shooting of innocent people. And then all of the protests and marches. It's insane. If Trump wins, I think cities will actually burn to the ground. Oh, man. 2019, I don't even remember what we were worried about, but it doesn't seem like a big deal now, right? No, no, it doesn't. And, uh, fuck, man, I, if you were talking bad things into existence before, 
Do not talk this shit into existence. No, I will only talk bad things into existence when it comes to sports that don't actually yeah. matter in the grand scheme. This this is some real shit, so everybody get the fuck out there in November. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting a little choked up. Get the fuck out there in November. Yeah. I've already filed for my absentee ballot, so I don't have to go home. God forbid I get caught up at work. Good for you, man. I will be masking up and uh, going to vote in person. That's good, man. You've been going out a little bit. I mean, I'm out. I'm out working every day now. So to me, yeah, I've been doing more. Uh, I still don't think anything reckless. I just I've been seeing the same group of people really since this whole thing happened. But I've gone out a couple more times. Uh, had some enjoyable experiences. So. All in all, pretty solid. I, I'm living relatively comfortably right now, thank God. How about you? I'm out every day, man. I'm out at half five o'clock in the morning. I'm in Brooklyn by six, seven. Well, seven the latest. So, what's it like in the city? Um, I mean, yeah, I have been in the city a few times. Just less congested. Same shit. Just less congested. I walked. I mean, I had a mask on, but I walked. Times Square one day uh, with my partner. So, not that I'm a cop, anybody. Uh, we just I, we were, we happen to be working in Times Square at the time. So, I walk Times Square. Same shit, just much less crowded. Mm. Everything's open though. I for really actually no, I take that back. About fifty percent, which okay. I think is still too high. It's hard. It's such a hard thing to to talk about because you know that these poor people are losing their businesses that will never recover financially. Oh, that's terrible. But you also know, like, I think it really is, at least up where we live, we were so thrust into the worst part of this pandemic early. So we saw how awful it was and the ships coming into New York and hospitals you know not having ventilators or enough beds and people dying at a rate that was just insane by the way everybody everybody for everybody that talks about how great trump is that he brought that ship there that ship stayed all of a week and it didn't do shit by the way yeah so we're here now (laughs) let me just say that (laughs) we're here well that's good yeah clear clear up any kind of uh stupid preconceived ideas but you know we're here and now in mid-september and at least in the tri-state area, the northeast, I've traveled up to the Cape Cod a couple of times. It's standard. Everyone's in a mask. Uh, everyone's pretty respectful of everybody's personal space. We've seen this. We've been conditioned to it, and it really isn't that Meanwhile, hard. Meanwhile, you watch the first fucking game of football, and the stadium's a quarter filled. Like, what's going on? This is the yeah, same country. Well, again, I think you know the NFL has run very much – Goodell runs the NFL very much like Trump runs the U.S., which is there is no cohesive national plan. So if Goodell could just come out and say, hey, listen, nobody's having fans. We don't like the optic. I don't care if you're wearing masks. I don't care if it's spaced out. I don't care if it's outside. We're not allowing fans in. Of course, that's not what he does. He says, well, you know, some can, some can. It's up to you. It's up to the states. It's up to the owners. Obviously, you're going to have people make decisions purely off of money, and that's what's going to happen. I hope nothing big transpires as far as huge COVID numbers. For, I mean, Jerry World, I think, is going to have 20 or something thousand people this weekend uh, for their game against Atlanta. So I don't know, man. Just It's not a surprise if shit goes wrong is what I'll say. Yep. I mean, I think we're we're looking at a second wave here. 
which is crazy because we've pretty much been knee deep in the first still. I mean, it hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah, I think honestly, this virus is just going to, in my opinion, now I'm no expert, of course, we all know. The only thing I'm an expert in is making football picks, baby. Fucking big dogs back. Yeah. Um, With that being said, I think the virus is definitely going to mutate to the point where it's basically like a flu. I don't think it's going to kill as many people in like the fourth or fifth wave. Because if you think about it, a virus, is, is its goal is to stay alive. And if it kills the person that it's inside of, it's not going to stay alive that long. So I think it's going to mutate at some point. But for now, it's we need a vaccine. Like, to, like yesterday, and people are not giving the people that are creating the vaccine enough time because everybody's out there fucking around and they're going to get sick and the second wave is going to be worse than the first. Well, it, it's also coinciding with obviously the a tri- flu. Uh, uh, well, I was just going to say it's coinciding with with a recession that we're seeing now. So decisions Th- are that's not, inevitable. Yeah, so decisions are not being made. I mean, you hear about a vaccine being readily available and it's going to go through trials and be peer reviewed. I, I I don't know how many people are going to be willing to take the first trial of a vaccine unless they're really really sick and almost on death's door, because. You know, the side effects are unknown, and I think even once there is a vaccine, uh, how anxious are people at, who who have higher risk factors going to be to go back and try to live a quote-unquote normal pre-COVID life? I, I have no idea. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of this shit uh, for a while. I mean, you see the NBA, they said now that they're probably not going to – there's no date before Christmas – because they're trying to figure out how do we play games with fans? Do we do a bubble? Do we not? Do we have a couple bubbles? Do we not? You know, it's all over the place. Nobody really can prep for this until not only is a vaccine done, but a lot of people have taken it, and that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, man. I mean, we still got a long road ahead of us. That's all. Mm-hmm. So everybody, I think the just most important thing is, I knew you were going to say, go vote. <laughs> Yeah, go vote and, you know, just continue to do what you're doing. Uh, Wear the mask. It's not that bad. Social distance. It's not that hard. Uh, And, you know, we will get past this at some point, but it'll be done quicker when everybody continues to do their shit. We've been saying this since March. Wear the mask. It's not that bad. Social distance. It's not that hard. If only everybody lived by that. It's just, uh, I get that people are tired of it, but you know what? That doesn't, that's not the point. No, not at all. I think we're all tired of it at this point. Let's just respect each other. All right, man, that about wraps it up. We should be back uh, next week. Today is Wednesday, so it was a football Wednesday. We'll be back for a Monday rundown next week. Sean and I are trying to get back on schedule. Um, Enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy football. Enjoy golf. Enjoy baseball. What else is going on, bro? Did I miss anything? I think you covered it all, NHL, if you're into that. There's a bunch of shit, man. (laughs) All right, everybody, remember, register to vote if you're not registered and uh, get those absentee ballots if you don't live at home or you don't think you're going to be able to get out there that day. Everyone counts, all right? In the words of Jackie Moon, everybody love everybody. Yes, sir. Everybody have a good week. Take care.